Billy got picked on at school for things he couldn't change. He tried his best to play it cool, but in the seventh grade, you either fit right in or you don't fit. That's just the cold hard truth. I wish that I'd have been the friend that Billy never knew. I think it's time to come together, you and I can make a change. Maybe we can make a difference, make the world a better place. Look around and love somebody, we've been hateful long enough. Let the good Lord reunite us to this country that loves undivided. Welcome back. Top of the second hour of today's Road Warrior Radio broadcast this Thursday, March 9th, 2023. We need to get to the three things from Hayek's Road to Serfdom Chapter 10 that I didn't get to yesterday, March 8th. Um, but first, how about a little bit of good news? You know, we're not all Bolsheviks. We're not all socialist Autobots. We're not all neolib neo-fascist, whatever, freak shows. Let's, you know what? Let's not be histrionic freak shows. Can we do that in America? It's interesting the way that we are mind-controlled and we don't realize it. If you watch, for example, I mean, let's say someone binge-watches a bunch of, I don't know, Hallmark stuff, even though it's gone woke in the last couple of years. I talked about that, how ridiculous it was, the New York Times article, and, you know, that was all a put up job anyway to sort of usher in the nonsense um but you know if you binge watch that stuff say for a month you don't realize i don't think most people realize what they're what they're really absorbing is the tendency of normalizing the histrionic freak show Think about the stars of the movies. If you watch any of the movies, watch with a critical eye from now on, especially like the, the Hallmark stuff where they it's kind of the same movie over and over. What's interesting, if you'll notice, maybe you have, but you know, if you watch closely, the star of the show is a histrionic freak show who is – uh, you know, really needs to get their self squared away before, um, you know, the, the the first order of business is for them them to get themselves in order and uh, in restraint and um, healthy, shall we say, just to sort of sum it up generally. They're usually struggling with some kind of an issue or something. Usually it's some kind of a character flaw. And by the end, well, you know what? At least they they recognize it. And like, you know, they used to say on the G.I. Joe cartoon, knowing is half the battle. Yo, Joe. But seriously, they have these struggles that destroy relationships and whatever. Meanwhile, the normal, healthy well-adjusted folks are the friends on the periphery who are trying to help, who are being taken advantage of, and in some cases abused, as a result of this dysfunctional histrionic freak show trying to find some kind of balance. You know, the, with the bad 
wheel that is basically throwing their whole operation into a tailspin. But the show is – it stars the freak show. It stars the histrionic freak show. The normal people on the periphery are supporting cast. They should be the stars, but then that doesn't make for an exciting movie with the usual storyline arc and all of that. It would just be a boring, hey, they're normal, everything's cool, nothing to see here. So the irony is by absorbing that, it's sort of normalizing it in ways, and we end up emulating that in ways that we don't even realize. It's a really sinister thing if you're not paying attention, and even if you are. It still happens sometimes. Anyway, that aside, here's a fun fact. Jesus Christ never held public office, never owned a home. In fact, said, my kingdom is not of this world. But yet history or his story, shall we say, maybe history literally revolves around him. That's an interesting fun fact, I think, getting to this politics and who can do things. I mean, the reason I mentioned that with you know, I, I began today's broadcast saying Vivek Watch, day three, day four, whatever, because it's been controversial, and I think the discussion is good. Are you concerned? I'm not as concerned, you know, am I concerned about his religion or whatever? I'm not as concerned about really anything about him that is out in plain sight, and he says he intends to make everything visible. In, including his uh, journey to getting politically knowledge up, so to speak. He's said that he's going to open source that and make it a podcast. Here's what I'm learning. Here's what I know. That's amazing. Who does that? You're not going to go to some secret enclave somewhere in the Batcave so that you can study Bernaysian talking points in Toynbee-esque fashion? You're not going to do that? Pretty cool, I think. Here's another question, speaking of him before we move on. Who wins if Vivek is elected? Does the woke, you know, victim psychopathy class win? Does Davos win? Does the CCP win? Who wins? Does BlackRock win? Just a question. Who wins? Who stands to benefit most if Vivek Ramaswamy was was to be elected president. All right, we got other stuff we gotta we gotta do. First, though, some interesting good news. John Stossel's been doing some interesting stuff. It's amazing, I think, uh, that he's still on YouTube. <laughs> In some cases, some of the things he's done, so doesn't complain. He just presses on. He reminds me of the supporting cast in uh, the Hallmark movies. Just, you know what, plodding along, getting her done. And uh, maybe that's a page out of the Fabian playbook. Just kidding. But seriously, he has a video, new video out a couple of days ago titled, Not All Students Are Woke Socialists, which I think is encouraging. Let's give it a listen, shall we? Can we do that, please? It's crazy. Government imposes a million rules, and Americans seem to want more. The motion is adopted. People say they want more government. And politicians are happy to deliver. We are going to get rid of fossil fuels. Thomas Jefferson said the natural progress for things is for liberty to yield and government to gain. 
That's what's happening. Natural gas hookups will be banned. Minimum wage is set to increase this year. New rent control measures. It's very easy to lose freedom. It's very easy for politicians to legislate freedom away, but it's incredibly hard to get back. This 22-year-old understands the importance of freedom better than politicians and the media. These new rules they're passing, they're meant to keep us safe. How much of our lives are we willing to give up for safety? Kristen Tokarev is one of the winners of our Stossel in the Classroom video contest. I wanted to show us a brief clip. Stossel in the Classroom is my charity that provides free market videos for teachers to play in class. Lead some students to change their minds about things like government welfare. Its intentions are good, but the people that accept welfare, they over time, they lose the incentive to work. It often takes videos to drive the point home. They really opened up my mind to think differently. It changed the way that I viewed the world. Was watching my videos in class more fun than listening to a professor lecture? It's always more engaging. Unfortunately, most students don't watch. What do we do? Stand up my Today, many are taught that capitalism is a problem. It's time may be running out. Younger people see so clearly the failings of capitalism. I can't say I'm pro-capitalist without my friends, people on the internet, or anyone really coming at me for it, telling me, how could you? Everything on social media is eat the rich. Eat the rich and feed the poor. This is class war. Kill capitalism. It's synonymous with greed. That's fair. <laughs> Capitalists want to make more money for themselves. Sure. By wanting more money, I can create something that I can then sell to other people. And why is that good? Because then you get new products and you get new innovation. Today, Apple is going to reinvent the phone. The media tell us capitalism makes life worse. If capitalism works, if this is the best we got, why does it seem to give such a raw deal? But kids who learn from Stossel in the classroom... No, it's a good deal. Everyone watching this video is living a better life than even the richest men of the 1800s. This video from high school student Caden Morgan points out how capitalism's innovation improves our lives. We got air conditioning, we got cell phones, we got microwaves, we got stinking toilets. The media are right, however, when they say... Inequality of income and wealth has surged. That's a big reason why... Socialism is having a moment in American politics right now. Some people are really filthy rich. Others don't have enough. Under capitalism, yes, there's going to be some people who are wealthier and some people who are poorer. Um, but you have the opportunity to become wealthier and to grow. Under socialism, sure, everybody is equal, but they're all equally poor. I wish more American kids understood that. Socialism is totally on trend. Kids love socialism. Uh, I think socialism is great. Socialism is on point. I mean, I don't really know what socialism means, to be completely honest with you. Kristen knows. She learned what socialism means, not just from my videos, but from her dad. He grew up under socialism in Bulgaria, where not only were people poor, but modern music was even banned. He couldn't listen to rock music without the fear of persecution, of getting beat even. Some fans roamed the streets of Sofia at night and yelled, Punk's not dead! But always, after making sure that the police were not around to arrest him. The only way her dad could hear what Westerners could hear was to smuggle in tape. The quality was awful. Absolutely. But they would play it all day. All day. It was the only taste they had of what life was like outside of the Iron Curtain. Be 
There was only really one rock band that was allowed in the country. And even that group, their songs were censored because it didn't fully align with the political agenda at the time. What does the music have to do with socialism versus capitalism? It has everything to do with it. In one system, you're allowed to listen to it and you're allowed to enjoy it freely. And then in another system, like the one that my parents were in, you're being controlled. What if your decisions, the choices you made, weren't even up to you? Freedom versus control. That's what many contestants focused on. Ian Hunter of Concordia University won our college video contest. Individual liberty is crucial for people and communities to flourish. I wish America's politicians would listen to these kids. Freedom is essential, not only, you know, to prosper, to make money, but it's essential to be yourself. Thanks for watching our video. Well, there you go. That was fun, wasn't it? Uh, so let's, let's, let's talk for a second and let's sort of define terms, shall we? Uh, socialism versus capitalism. That's controversial. Um, the terms are elusive or, or defining terms is elusive. And when it comes to socialism, well, both socialism and capitalism, we could go lots of different directions we could get you know academic and wax philosophical and even religious and spiritual but i'm more interested in practical uh not necessarily definitions but sort of a working understanding of the terms and when it comes to socialism and communism we'll just say and obviously communitarianism factors in because it's the amalgamation of all of the worst of these kinds of things, these uh, authoritarian systems. It's a way to impose on people. Communitarianism is the synthesis of all of these things in a, in a way that has people sort of self-enforcing it on, them, on themselves, but also mainly and primarily on others, which we're obviously seeing in America, the snitch kind of society, basically. So when it comes to socialism and communism, again, the to me, the most important question is who decides? Raphael Warnock says the early church was socialist. They had all things in common. And yes, they did, but he misses in context. The context was not that the state was deciding they would have all things in common. You have the story of Ananias and Sapphira that proves this and bears it out. They had a choice, and of their own volition and free will, because the Holy Spirit compelled them and impressed it upon their heart, not because there was some Bernaysian propaganda mechanism. They decided of their own volition. Again, because of the compelling of the Holy Spirit. So the first question is always, the first and last question is, is who's in charge? Who decides? And in socialism and communism, for that matter, it's the strong man. It's the strongest man. And that brings us right back to Hayek's point in The Road to Serfdom, chapter 10, particularly why the worst 
get on top. And to summarize why the worst get on top, it's because the utopians always have this grand vision. And if we could all just do this in society or we could implement these things, we would have a utopia. But it takes a dictator to implement them. And so you have this spectrum of uh, you know totalitarianism and enforcement where you start out with an idea. It starts with the planning, and little by little, everybody comes to a point where they say, man, I don't have the stomach for this. I'm not going to be a tyrant. And the next guy shows up and says, hey, I have no problem with that. And he goes a little further and gets to a point where he says, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be a tyrant. The next guy comes along, and you can see how little by little, pretty soon, yeah, it was somebody like Bill Gates saying, well, you know, it's, uh, you know, we should be asking about the last three months of life, but that's a death panel, and you're not supposed to have that conversation. That's where you end up. So it's the strong man or the strongest man, so to speak, metaphorically, as uh, Hayek points out in The Road to Serfdom, versus capitalism. Now let's look at that for a second. We don't have a working model of capitalism anywhere in the world, I would say, that we can really look at because the whole world is in the grip of this Ponzi scheme, this funny money system. And if you don't play along, if you aren't willing to surrender your country's natural resources to the Ponzi scheme so that you can be part of the credit monopoly, you can participate in the central banking credit monopoly, then we will bomb you back to the Stone Age. That's how that works. So there's really no functional capitalist system. We had it, and if you read Andrew Bright, we've had it at moments. And if you read, not Andrew Breitbart, but Andrew Jackson's farewell address, you can see, and there are other places, you, you see echoes of it. What do I mean? The Federal Reserve, central banking, so-called fractional, so-called reserve system is inflationary. And so, you know, you think of Greta's little, we are in the beginning of mass extinction, and all you can talk about is money and fairy tales of eternal economic growth. Well, it's not your fault or my fault that we are uh, plagued by fairy tales of eternal economic growth. It's the central banking Ponzi scheme. And if we got rid of it, and we weren't just hypothecating currency... We would get rid of inflation. That's where it comes from. In simple terms, it's more units chasing fewer goods, which, as even Alan Greenspan said, the law of supply and demand is not to be conned, and that's going to drive prices up. It's simple. And the market will find equilibrium eventually. <clears throat> and then you have the first money game. You know, if you can benefit from those dollars coming off the hot off the presses while the ink's still wet like you do in Congress and in defense contracting and so forth versus on the back end of it when you're a waiter or a waitress you know one end benefits the other end is penalized by it stick around we'll be right back
In times like these, you can't depend on the government to keep you warm and fed. But you can depend on the Vermont Bun Baker to do just that. With the Vermont Bun Baker, you'll never be in a situation where you can't cook, bake, fry, boil water, or heat your home, all at the same time. One of the most revolutionary cook stoves, wood stoves ever, the Vermont Bun Baker is available with or without soapstone veneer, a natural stone that retains heat and radiates it back into the room once the fire is out. A beautiful addition to your home, the Vermont Bun Baker has an efficiency rating well above 75% and qualifies for the wood stove tax credit. For more information, watch the Vermont Bun Baker on YouTube and live stream or visit us at www.vermontwoodstove.com. You can also reach us by calling 1-866-SOAPSTONE. Don't ever be hungry or cold because the power's gone out. With a Vermont Bun Baker, all you have to worry about is what's for dinner. Consider this. Dead people see only what they want to see. And frankly, most of us are still dead. Let me give you the lessons of gold and five easy lessons. Number one, don't buy it because you need to make money. You buy gold because you need to protect the money you already have. Don't ever look at the price as a barrier. Look at it as an incentive. Number three, don't buy its paper pretenders. We talked about that a lot. Buy gold. Buy the real thing in the form of coins and bullion. Fourth, don't fall prey to glitzy television or Facebook ads. Do your due diligence instead. And that's what I try to provide you with and have for 26 and a half years on the air and 30 years in this profession. Fifth, don't allow naysayers to divert your interest. Allow yourself the right to protect your interests as you see fit. Jeff Bennett here. One of the ways you can do that is to contact Kettle Moraine Limited. Contact me by calling or texting me at 602-799-8214. 602-799-8214. You can also email me at kettlemoraineltd at cox.net. Let me help you protect your wealth and your family today. Once again, call or text us at 602-799-8214 or visit our website, sierramadrepreciousmetals.com. Be glad to help you out. Be glad to answer your questions. That's what we're here for. No pressure, just good, hard, common sense. The decision then becomes up to you.
takes a lot less time. Welcome back. Uh, all right. So, that first, I probably think I'm exaggerating when I say, you know, Raphael Warnock, you know, the early church was a socialist church. They had all things in common. You probably think I'm exaggerating. Nope. Senator Charlatan Raphael Warnock, he knows better. Most people can't articulate what is the difference. What I mean, Marxist communism. From from each according to his ability to each according to his needs. Chris, isn't that What's happening in Acts chapter 2, in a manner of speaking, sure. The question is who decides. And so, you know, you listen to these kids. Oh, yeah, you know, we, we all want free stuff. Sure, who doesn't want free stuff? Come on, let's be honest. But the question is who decides. And Brian and Jenna have mentioned the wild and free pigs of the Okefenokee Swamp. And that's that's the trap. That's, of course... If you're going to try to trap something or someone, you need some bait, and it has to be enticing. What's more enticing than free stuff? That's how you lure people in. But historically, what happens then? You know, and again, I'm trying to articulate the the nuances of this story, the, the utopians start out and they do have the best of intentions. They do. But, you know, the way the planning goes, eventually comes the enforcement. And eventually, if you're given free stuff away, you're going to run out of stuff. Does that make sense? It's just that simple. All the more so in a planned society. All the more so when there is corruption and engineered scarcity, which always happens. How come that guy has a castle and, you know, his toilets are made of gold or lined with gold or whatever? And the rest of us, you you got that too, but you're going to, even if you didn't have that, eventually in a planned society where you're giving free stuff away and nobody's really working... So who's making stuff? Eventually, you're going to start to run short on stuff. And then what happens? And so that's when reality really starts to kick in. Historically, that's how it works. Versus the biblical model where we're all supposed to take care of ourselves. And then, you know, we're supposed to work hard, labor diligently with our own hands. It's interesting how that's spelled out specifically. Do not steal and work with your own hands so that we can have something to help one another out. So you probably think I'm exaggerating. We have just enough time. Can we squeeze in the Raphael Warnock thing, please? Can we do that? If everybody will give their fair share, everybody can eat. You know, that's how the early church actually operated. The early church was a socialist church. 
I know you think that's an oxymoron, but, but the early church was much closer to socialism than to capitalism. Go back and read the Bible. I, I love to listen to evangelicals who stand on the Bible. Well, they had all things in common. They took everything. I'm just preaching the Bible. They, they took all of their things and they had all things in common. But, but even the folk who say they just follow every word of the Bible, they, they're not about to do that. But if we would just share what we have, everybody can eat. Everybody ought to have water. Everybody ought to have health care. It's a basic principle. So what's the problem with that? I'm just preaching every word too. Acts 5, 1 through 11. Let's talk about that story. The story of Ananias and Sapphira. Talk about that when we come back. And we got to get to these three things. We'll do that today. The three things from Hayek's Road to Serfdom, Chapter 10. Why the worst get on top. Three primary reasons. Stick around. We'll be right back. You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. Extendivite, a seven-herb combination of garlic, cayenne, hawthorn, bilberry, ginkgo biloba, valerian, and milk thistle. Extendivite is designed to strengthen the heart and arteries and help the body heal itself. Doctors are not able to explain the improvements they are seeing in their patients' health who are taking Extendivite. People who once needed more pills are now taking less and getting better. Due to the unexplainable improvements in their patients' health, more doctors are calling to order Extendivite for themselves. Help Extendivite make your doctor a believer. Extendivite is available in capsule or liquid form for just $69.95 for a two-month supply. To get started, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendovite. Are you one of the millions of people who feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs? For some, the short-term relief can turn into an opioid addiction nightmare. Have you ever wondered why CBD oil is a billion-dollar industry? It's because it works better than opioids and is actually healthy for you. However, CBD oil is stripped of all other helpful compounds found in the hemp plant. According to neuroscientists, the whole hemp plant, otherwise known as hemp paste, is even more effective than the chemically processed CBD oil. Are you ready to take back your health? You can try hemp paste for the price of a cup of coffee. Hemppaste.com slash RBN. Free shipping on orders over $50. See the banners for Hemp Paste at republicbroadcasting.org and visit hemppaste.com slash RBN. Find your inner rebel at Dixie Republic, the world's largest Confederate store, located in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. The anti-white, anti-Christ, anti-Southern world ends at the asphalt. Welcome to God's country. Log on to DixieRepublic.com to view our Southern merchandise from flags to t-shirts to artwork. 
At the store, browse through our extensive collection of belt buckles and have a custom-made leather belt handcrafted in our Johnny Rebs gun and leather shop. That's DixieRepublic.com, where you can meet all of your Southern needs. Support those that support the network. Support Dixie Republic at DixieRepublic.com. Email ProudSouthern123 at gmail.com and let them know that RBN sent you. jump into this and get to the phones and then get to the three things real fast. So Acts 5, 1 through 11, but as a precursor to that, Acts 4, 37. Well, let me, 36 to 37. Now Joseph, a Levite of uh, Cyprian birth, who was also called Barnabas by the apostles, which translated means son of encouragement, and who owned a tract of land, sold it and brought brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. you got to read Acts uh, 2, well, 1, 2, 3, 4, and then you come up to this moment. Uh, Chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. But a man named Ananias with his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property. And again, the question is in the socialist system, you know, is from each according to his ability to each according to his need, is it a bad thing? No, I wouldn't say it's a bad thing. Oh, then you're a communist. No, the question is who decides. That's the that's the the meta question. It's context. Who decides? So listen to what happens if you're not familiar, and if you are, let's just hear it in this context. A man named uh, Ananias with his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property and kept back some of the price for himself. This is NASB 95, with his wife's full knowledge. And bringing a portion of it, he laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back some of the price of the land? But here is the, here is the, uh, the kicker. Peter says, while it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not under your control? Why is it that you have conceived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. Who was in charge? Who impressed it upon their hearts to do this thing? And yet they were greedy. So continuing... And as he heard these words, Ananias fell down and breathed his last, and great fear came over all who heard of it. The young men got up and covered him up and carried him out. They buried him. Now there elapsed an interval of about three hours. And his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter responded to her, Tell me 
whether you sold the land for such and such a price? And she said, yes, that was the price. Then Peter said to her, why is it that you have agreed together to put the spirit of the Lord to the test? Behold, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out as well. And immediately she fell at his feet and breathed her last. And the young men came in and found her dead, and they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And great fear came over the whole church and over all who heard of these things. This is, to me, incredibly symbolic. It goes back to Exodus 20. And Moses coming down off Mount Sinai and saying, let's go talk to God. It's going to be fantastic. And the people say, are you nuts? You talk to us lest we perish. This is why. So, you know, there's more to say on that, but I'm going to leave it there for now. The question with socialism is who decides? Communism, who decides? From you know, from each according to his ability to each according to his need, sure. But who decides? That's all. Are Christians communists? No. Why? Because the state is not deciding. The living God of the Bible, the creator of heaven and earth, that's who's, who's deciding. And woe to them who want to lie to the Holy Spirit and try to deceive God. Let's go to the phones and grab... David in Wisconsin. David, thanks for calling. Welcome. Thanks for taking my call. Um, yeah, God decided in that situation that uh, Ananias and Sapphira were were not uh, worthy to be a part of the early church, and so God decided in that case. In my in my uh, uh, way that I understand that verse, those verses. No. Um, they were vi- in other words, God decided they were vile people as a couple. Now, vile, and here's why I encourage the use of the 1828 Webster's, because after that, all the dictionaries are watered down. But vile, the de- definition of vile in the 1828 Webster's is morally base or impure, sinful, depraved by sin, wicked, Hateful in the sight of God and of good men. And then there's an example from the scriptures. The sons of Eli made themselves vile. So anyway, with that being said, are you, have you heard of uh, an organization called Really American? I don't think so. Well, I listened to Glenn Beck get some. He, he's a good interviewer, and he had this woman on named Tara Reed that alleged that Joe Biden had uh, molested her when she was an intern. And anyway, yeah. at 51 minutes in to that, she says, really American is a Democrat super PAC, because now it's the election season again. That's why I want to bring that right. up. Right, right. Um, anyway, and then she went on to say, Brooklyn Dad, that's obviously his handle or his moniker, Brooklyn Dad is paid $33,000 a month from this super PAC to, quote, tweet vile things, end of quote. I'll Mm -hmm. leave it at that. Um, 
I think that the use of the 1828 and the reading of the Constitution will bring people along to better understanding the Constitution and also bring them closer to the truth, which is in Christ, in God through Christ. So, Well, so what's interesting about that is, you know, again, as some have observed, language is perhaps man's first technology and oldest technology. And so... If we're not redefining terms, if we go back and we pin language down with the with Webster's eighteen twenty eight, there's no there's less wiggle room. Dare I say there's no wiggle room? Especially so if you go to the word law, because law means fixed, and it's a great uh, it's a great uh, uh, tr- uh, word to look up in the Webster's. But any, one last point about the word vile. Mm-hmm. And I'm convicting myself from my youth, okay, because I grew up in a tough river town, and so there was a lot of farmers and fishermen and everything, and so you could say that there was a a, a lot of people that acted with, uh, that were vile, and mm-hmm. and, and it's, uh, these people like that, I think it was a, preacher okay and this is not a skin color thing because there's people that are also on alternate radio on the internet alternate radio and everything that are loudmouths and to me being a loudmouth behind a micro microphone magnifies how vile they are mm-hmm. they could be respectful with their language and in their tone of voice and their volume and to, in my opinion that would uh, that would be much more well appreciated by a lot of people yeah which i mean that that point is why i say i prefer you know be wise as serpents not harmless as doves but gentle because gentle is bridled strength harmlessness is in in inability to uh do harm yeah and there's a big difference and, and a reiteration this this uh brooklyn dad is paid i think this is worth repeating $33,000 $33,000 a month. Now, whether his uh, he's been embarrassed out of existence or not, I don't know, because this was during the last election cycle. Uh, but that certainly is a, a vile person that would uh, that would do that work, that nasty work. And as, was, uh, as hardball as politics can get, that's just vicious. That's vile. So is the is the thirty three a nod to something that you I would know, think for, so, yeah yeah insiders <laughs> right right uh, and oh yeah one other thing about this Vivek Ramaswamy mm-hmm. I uh, you know right now I think that there are a lot of people and I you know I like. Uh, Lark sentiment that he expressed when he was really frustrated the other day. I share some of that sentiment of frustration because it's it's like okay he uh, Vivek Ramaswamy would be viewed by a lot of people that have been beaten down by this uh, skin color politics for decades uh, would feel would would consider it just one more one more hard gut punch. And uh, the 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 LGBTQ color, skin color people, that entire uh, major group that's trying to construct a majority, would be um, 
would be more would be enthused if he were elected president with that caveat with a caveat though what he's saying is valuable regardless of what the who gets beaten down or beaten up because as you've said steel sharpens steel and good americans can handle it you know you got to be able to take it as well as give it so well you know, I I uh, respectfully maybe I don't understand. I I don't think that the I could explain you know, easily. Well, I don't think, think maybe maybe I don't understand. I'm just gonna say this just so we can sort of make sure we're kind of seeing eye to eye here. I don't sure. think that the victim class would endorse him at all because he has been. Uh, very outspoken in opposition to those folks. You know, stepping he, on their toes real hard. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I mean, he made the point about you know, uh, I forget exactly how he worded it. I'll find it in a second from his CPAC address. Okay. In the meantime, to mm-hmm. my point, to to a very valuable point here, uh, Barack Obama was an he was a professional at exploiting skin color politics. Oh yeah. And he had a loud mouth, all right? Now, during his tenure, he said America is no longer a Christian nation. Well, until that or if that is ever repudiated as the result of the 1892 Church of the Holy Trinity versus US opinion that was unanimous and unanimously uh, opined or decided that America is culturally a Christian nation. So he's, see, his loud mouth and his declaration still essentially stands, except for a few people who study the Constitution and some of these major Supreme Court decisions to be able to uh, at least repu- at least rebut that somewhat or repudiate it because in my opinion he was vile from the start to the finish uh, and that has nothing to do with his skin color except for the fact that he exploited it so successfully so successfully yeah I think that was a bad thing I think it's vile when anyone exploits their skin color no matter if they're you know I, I happen to think white is my favorite color because when it snows here it's a beautiful thing throughout covering the entire area you know and some things about snow I don't like as well but the you know they're it's wet and it's cold but but it's beautiful so whatever you know it's, yeah. it's like to 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 bring that into the political realm and and keep playing the skin color cards and then there's the dialectic just it it just gets it gets too vicious and there's so that's why I I would say let this you know that's a great thing about America and and it is exceptional anyone can fill out some paperwork and and uh, start the process of campaigning for the president if they want to. If they choose to get in that mud wrestling uh, venue, they can. And yeah. he's in there and, and he's, well, he's, you know, he's, he's exploited our inventions really well and participated in developing, developing them. So see what happens. But, but I think that's, you know, I have concerns about that People that are already from my generation and Lark's generation 
we've been beaten down real hard. We're not victims. We're just older. And when you get older, you go, oh, I just can't take it anymore. But what well, are you saying? it's ironic because the average person doesn't subscribe to those things. You know, I think Vivek has spoken to that. You know, you go back to guys like Malcolm X or Martin Luther King. We played clips, you know, where Malcolm X says the average American person is not racist. They don't care about this kind of stuff, but the media harps on it, and so people start to pick it up. Anyway, before we go out in this segment, I want to play just the the relevant segment of the VEX uh, CPAC address last Friday. Can we do that, please? Through the market itself, saying that it's not their job to tell us to use our dollars and how we live our lives. I called out the three secular religions in America that have America in a chokehold today. The first of them is this woke racial religion that says your identity is based on your skin color. That if you're black, you're inherently disadvantaged. That if you're white, you're inherently privileged, no matter your economic background or your upbringing. That your race determines who you are and what you can achieve in life. It's one that Congresswoman Ayanna Presley of the squad summed up really well. When she said, we don't want any more brown faces that don't want to be a brown voice. I do not fit her description of what counts as a brown voice, I assure you that. But it is a really clever move in this religion, which is this. If you, your race goes from being about your skin color to being about the content of the ideas you're allowed to espouse, then any disagreement with those ideas automatically makes you a racist. And there is no greater damnation in modern America than to be called a racist. So when given the choice between pledging allegiance to this new religion and being tarred with the scarlet R, that's when everyday Americans started to bend the knee. And that's what created this new culture of fear in America. Okay. By the way, does everybody know that he, uh, he moonlighted as a rapper when he was at Harvard College, I think? That's a fun fact. So that's why he, you know, I don't know. To me, there's a little bit of Barack cadence in there. Anyway, that's that's the relevant excerpt where he very relevant. Very he mentions, relevant. you know, um, like like he said, you know, Iana Presley says, <clears throat> and the squad says, and and we've talked about how they're a construct of Justice Democrats and how the Justice Democrats brag about how they call it call her AOC they're all a brand they say she's a brand I don't call her AOC she's a person she's Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez she was a waitress before she got uh she responded to a cattle call because of her brother who said hey you should go to this and they boast justice Dem democrats boast that she was a cattle call respondent and you know that's they boast about it yeah I, I... <clears throat> heard that i've already listened to that and and so it's right there it's it's right there about how rigged it is all the time this is shaping culture meanwhile this guy says something that's intelligent but people don't understand it you know you talk about this stuff and people you know listen and because we're so dumbed down i think people have a tendency to kind of go he got funny hair don't he well from my Instead from of, my perspective though chris it's just, see, as much as he's saying, it's still trimming the branches, and that just makes the the tree of, well, you know. More it, virulent. It, more virulent. That's that's yeah. exactly it. That's my concern. It, it, mm -hmm. Because if, 
if if someone comes in that's well versed in Hinduism, for example, and not as well versed in Christianity, then we're going to be the the Overton window is going to move to the to the uh, uh, distance further distance from Christianity than it is right now, and it's already been under siege real hard. Yeah, but 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 the see, and once again, the if I can convince people, just just look. Up, it's easy to do to look. You don't have to buy the the eighteen twenty eight Webster's and then just read the 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 U.S. Constitution, and it'll become more. For example, there are quite a few women in Congress, but if you read the con, uh, Constitution, and you don't even have to go to the Webster's. They're not qualified for office constitutionally, constitutionally. So, so that only points one more time. That's like one more huge alarm that will go off in anyone's mind that, hey, this system that's in place right now is a lot, a lot different than what was originated. Whether it's better or worse is an open question that can be debated, but nevertheless, how can a woman hold up her right hand and say, I swear to support and defend the Constitution when just by the very act is preposterous? Mm-hmm. So, and, and that's not misogynist. It's just facts and reality. So, yeah, well, facts are misogynistic, so we can't, you know. <laughs> that's what they say. Oh, yeah, one, one last point. You know, the, the difference, be, see, the, the Constitution is described as the supreme law of the land. And Mm -hmm. so one of the huge dialectics, as you would well know, but this may help some younger people that are listening in to the radio broadcast, is the dialectic uh, is law versus science. And with the 18... Or in uh, Maya Bialik's case, faith versus science, but she's a great Gnostic, Kabbalistic... A uh, person who believes in the God of Spinoza, just like Michio Kaku, and maybe she doesn't realize it. Anyway, and it, false and that's dichotomy. Circu- see, see, that's circular reasoning, what you're describing, and Christianity is linear reasoning, and it's right. uh, the two... Didactic. the two. Yeah, exactly. All right, anyway, um, I wanted to run that point by you about that great interview, because... Uh, and, and there's one more thing that's even... Joe, Joe Biden is so vile against veterans, but that's for another day when I call in because uh, uh, he's just he's just vile he's vile and his whole career is because not because of what he's done necessarily worthless despicable yeah morally based impure sinful depraved uh, and he enjoys it Mm -hmm. all righty thank you goodbye thank you sir much appreciated ironically it was um George Bernard Shaw, who is credited with, you know, never wrestle with pigs. They're better at it, and they you get filthy, and pigs like it. Anyway, um, made me think of that when, when you mentioned the politics thing, David. So, uh, real fast, the three things. Two minutes. So, Hayek's Road to Serfdom, Chapter 10, why the worst get on top. There are three main reasons that he cites. 
In the first instance, it's probably true that in general, the higher the education and intelligence of individuals become, the more their views and tastes are differentiated. For whatever reason, when you mentioned the Overton window, by the way, just as an as an aside, I'm thinking, how does uh, individual personal responsibility factor into that? Because I think that Vivek is a um, an advocate and proponent of personal responsibility instead of victimhood. So in the first instance, you know, you have the higher, more differentiated views and tastes versus the low standards or lowest common denominator, which unites the largest number of people, as he said. That's point number one, and I think that's the biggest one because, well, I guess we're running short on time, about 60 seconds left. To sum it up, I'll come back to these three things tomorrow. I will. Uh, well, no, actually I won't because it's uh, we'll have Amon on, so I won't guarantee that we'll do that. Expecting to have Amon Jabi on tomorrow. That should be interesting, so stay tuned for that. But um, these three points we will definitely come back to. And I think, again, getting back to what I was talking about earlier about what the – you know, entertainment does, how it shapes perception, <clears throat> and in turn how that in chaos magic fashion shapes reality. I think this first point, the lowest common denominator, is, you know, something people gravitate to instinctively, if I could say that, without even realizing it, unfortunately. And so it's something that we should all be mindful of. As Americans, we should reach higher. People used to say about Road Warrior Radio, you know, maybe you should dumb it down a little bit. And I have always maintained, maybe we should all reach higher. We're so smart, we're so erudite, we're so sophisticated and cosmopolitan. Can we understand what those guys 250 years ago wrote? If not, maybe not so smart. Just something to think about. Aman Jabi is expected to be on tomorrow. Stay tuned for that. I hope it was informative. As always, it truly is an honor and a pleasure. Take care. God bless. We'll catch you on the other side. My name is John. I'm the founder of Blackout Coffee, and I started uh, Blackout because I really love coffee. I've always loved coffee, and after traveling so much to Europe, South America, and trying so many different coffees that were so good, and uh, every time I came back uh, to the U.S., I was so disappointed with the coffee, so I figured that I had to do something about it. The biggest difference is really is on the beans and the roasting process, how we roast it and how fresh it is. The fresher the roast, the better the quality. Here I have like all, all of the coffee. It's roasted within one to two days prior to being shipped. So it literally gets to consumers' house within three to five days after being roasted. If you like coffee, you have to try ours. It's fresh roasted. It's one of the best beans that we can get, and you will definitely see the difference. Visit blackoutcoffee.com and use the coupon code REPUB10. That's REPUB10. You can't handle the truth! You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit republicbroadcasting.org today because you can handle the truth.